0: So I'm going to talk about a concept that many psychotherapists use in their work and I certainly use every day, it's called containing. And um, I'm interested in talking about it today because I think there's a lot of overlap between this concept of containing and mindfulness or con- containing kind of has uh, a lot in common with aspects of mindfulness. Uh, so first I'm going to talk about what containing means, how it's used in, by therapists and also how we all use it in everyday life. And then I'm going to talk about about it in terms of how it can be applied to uh, our practice in uh, meditation and mindfulness. Containing refers to a therapist's internal process of recognizing and reflecting on his or her emotional experience with a patient or client during a therapy session. This means that during the course of a session, a therapist often has emotional responses to what a person is talking about. This is the basis of being able to empathize with a patient. The therapist's responses can fluctuate from, from mild to strong reactions and include both negative and positive feelings. Strong positive or negative reactions can cause problems for a therapist's ability to be helpful. Con- containing means being able to be aware of emotional reactions and also to tolerate them so that they calm down and don't disrupt the therapist's non-judgmental approach to understanding the patient's experience. For instance, a patient may describe being very angry at his wife for not being supportive enough to him about a problem at work. If a therapist has a strong feeling of of agreeing with the patient, he or she may overlook ways in which the patient may be overly demanding or has difficulty tolerating his wife having a separate point of view. If a therapist feels judgmental or anxious about the intensity of a patient's anger or he or she may then become distant and internally withdraw, which becomes a block at understanding the patient. Maybe a patient is overreacting and has difficulty managing his emotions, but if the therapist can maintain a nonjudgmental attitude, he can then clarify with the patient how a current situation triggered a long-term difficulty. This would then help the patient deal with, this, with the situation better. A the therapist has a lot to contain in sessions. Sometimes the patient has a reaction to something in his or her life that the therapist does not understand. Therapists, like most of us, don't like to feel confused. Sometimes the therapist may worry about the intensity of a patient's feelings of depression or hopelessness. At other times, a patient may be talking about an issue that touches the therapist on a personal level. The therapist identifies with a similar situation in his or her life to what the patient is describing. This may bring up emotional responses that the patient did not expect and are are unsettling. Conversely, instead of identifying with the patient, the therapist might feel critical or judgmental in reaction to an aspect of the patient's personality that reminds the therapist of things he does not like about himself. The ability to contain and sit with strong emotions and responses until a therapist can clarify what is getting stirred up inside usually enables the therapist to better understand what is going on in therapy. It also helps the therapist to not do something that is either disruptive or even harmful to the patient. Containing also occurs in everyday life. From the very beginning, parents contain their babies. When a baby cries, the mother both physically and psychologically holds the baby and usually will talk in a soft and soothing tone. Maybe she will lift the baby up and down and gently pat the baby on the back. This helps reassure the baby that things will get better and that the pain will pass. When children get a little older, uh, they often have moments during the day when they fall and scrape a knee or something happens that causes a four or five-year-old to cry even if it feels trivial to an adult. Parents help reassure a young child that the situation will be all right parents start giving their children words to understand their experience. So a parent may say to a child, you feel sad, disappointed, or frustrated, to help a child to begin to express their feelings in words. This is the beginning of a long process in which words can help us uh, to soothe ourselves eventually. There is something about formulating our feelings and thoughts more clearly that helps us to feel more connected to ourselves and more grounded. Another form of containment in our lives happens when a partner, friend, or family member is upset about something and we give them emotional support. It might be the end of the day when we are tired or we are busy and want to get on to working on a project. Uh, When we put our own feelings aside and concentrate on what is bothering someone we care about, we are containing feelings that could get in the way of being attentive and supportive. Containing overlaps with certain aspects of mindfulness. Uh, There is a metaphor in Buddhism called sky mind. The sky holds or contains many such things, uh, or many things such as clouds, birds, rain, a gentle spring breeze, a winter storm, even a hurricane. These things come and go, but the sky remains and is able to hold all of these things. This is a metaphor for the ability to develop a mind that is clear, calm, and centered. A mind that realizes that life's conditions are always changing and are impermanent, and so does not react. And so does not react impulsively to difficult or stressful situations. This is something we try to cultivate in our practice, uh, and as we all know, it is not so easy to maintain. For most of us, it is challenging not to be reactive and impulsive when we feel angry, anxious, or depressed. All of these feelings make us irritable and tense. The idea of containing can help us to give permission to have these feelings, to recognize what is going on inside, but also to realize that if we tolerate the feelings and just sit with them, we will probably find a better way of dealing with them than if we just blurt out words in the moment. When we contain our feelings, we can clarify whether we are overreacting to something and it is better to let it pass, or whether something is important to us and we need to express this to the other person. When we choose to express a feeling or an emotional need to someone after we have contained our feelings, we are more likely to do it in a way that the other person can hear us. This is another aspect of containing. It gives us the inner space to think about speaking in a mindful way. From a Buddhist perspective, containing can help us with several levels of our practice. Containing can provide a way to help us identify and process emotions, such as anger, that often lead to impulsive and negative behavior. This can help us decrease the negative karma that we create for ourselves and others. Containing certainly seems to me to be part of practicing right speech and right action, two of the qualities of the Eightfold Path. Containing is part of developing deeper patience as a person, which is, which allows us to act in a more mindful and compassionate way towards others. When we feel calm and content inside, we are usually more patient. When we are more patient, we, are, we can be more understanding. Another Buddhist concept that has a lot in common with containing is the idea of a, of a watching mind. Watching mind is one. Of, one part of our meditation practice. When we meditate, we we may see a lot of different kinds of thoughts and feelings arise. In developing or cultivating a meditative mind, we try to observe our thoughts and feelings and then let them go, as we return to focusing on our breath. Doing this repeatedly over a long period of time can help us to develop a mind that is both curious and centered. Our ability to contain our thoughts without judging ourselves or becoming anxious helps us to develop a watching mind. This watching mind helps deepen our concentration and peace. It seems to me that a watching mind also helps us to develop our ability to practice non-attachment. To be able to let things go is a way of not holding on to or attaching to, to, to ideas or feelings. There is another part of containing which I think relates to our experience practicing meditation. To contain something implies a relationship between a container and the contained. Thinking of the example of a mother containing her crying baby, the mother is the container of the baby's painful feelings and distress. The baby learns it is safe to need and trust because it is treated tenderly. The mother in giving to the baby is also changed by the experience. She uses parts of herself that she may never have known about. She becomes more able to give tenderness through the experience of being attentive and caring. So both the container and the contained are altered through the experience with each other. We can think of this Dharma Hall as a container. For many of us, coming here every week feels like returning to a welcoming, comforting space. This room holds us so we can practice. It gives us a sense of peace. We can speculate that many people meditating in this space over a period of years has contributed to the quality or atmosphere of this space. Uh, another way of thinking of, <clears throat> of the container and the contained is you can, in some ways, imagine your mind as being a space or a container that holds our, our thoughts. And you can think of your stomach or your whole body, your torso, as being a space that contains our feelings. And so the idea is that sometimes just containing upsetting thoughts or feelings helps to settle them down. And and, and the image of your mind as a space or your body as a space as a container for parts of you that feel unsettling or difficult or disturbing is, to me, has been a useful idea. There's a well-known story of Buddha and his attendant, Ananda, walking on a road one day when it was hot. Buddha said he was tired and thirsty, and could Ananda go and get him some water to drink? Ananda went down to a nearby river or canal and put some water in a bucket. The river was busy with a lot of boats going back and forth on it, and the water had a lot of particles of mud in it. Ananda went back to Buddha and told him that he couldn't find any clean water. Buddha said, but I am very thirsty. Please try to find some water to drink. So Ananda Ananda went back to the river and put the bucket in the water. And again, it was muddy and not drinkable. Ananda sat down, not knowing what to do. He decided to meditate. When Ananda was done meditating, the particles of mud settled to to the bottom, and the water was clear. Usually, this story is meant as a metaphor for the process of meditation gradually clarifying and purifying our minds. In terms of our discussion of the relationship between the container and the contained, we can think of the water as containing the particles of mud and the mind being a container and our thoughts being what is contained. We can identify, we often identify our thoughts and our consciousness as being the same thing as our mind. I I think you can see them as being interconnected but separate. Our mind contains our thoughts, but our thoughts are not our mind. Our thoughts are products of our mind, but not the mind itself. We are used to creating our identity through, the, uh, through using words. When we think about any issue, we have an internal conversation with ourselves. One way of thinking about meditation is that by quieting our thoughts, we are shifting from a verbal mind to a nonverbal part of our mind. We often talk about developing the mind through meditation. One part of this process is developing the nonverbal mind. This can feel peaceful and calm, but also strange and unfamiliar. We are going into unknown territory here, and it can be exciting, but also a little scary. For most of my talk, I have focused on how containing can help us manage and detoxify negative, disturbing feelings and thoughts. Containing can also help us in responding to positive experiences during meditation. There are challenges to deepening our experience in meditation. Feeling calm and peaceful is a very positive feeling. However, if we start to get excited that we're making progress or feel proud about our development, these thoughts will in fact disturb and get in the way of the concentration that deepens practice. So the minute that we look at ourselves and say how good we're doing and how much progress we're making and how peaceful we are, we lose the moment and the feeling's gone. Shinru Suzuki uses the metaphor of the nighttime sky to describe how to approach a positive meditation experience. Quote, sometimes a flashing will come through the dark sky. After it passes, you forget all about it, and there's nothing left but the dark sky. The sky is never surprised when all of a sudden a thunderbolt breaks through. And when the lightning does flash, a wonderful sight may be seen. When we have emptiness, we are always prepared for watching the flashing. Suzuki is talking about the capacity for samadhi and emptiness. The flash of lightning is the moment of awakening. Containing is not at the level of emptiness, but perhaps increasing our ability to contain positive and negative reactions during meditation can lead to our ability to be open to emptiness. Soda-san talked about small awakenings, which are insights and realizations that arise out of the process of our practice and are part of developing deeper spiritual awareness. These small awakenings are part of cultivating our capacity for the true awakening of our original nature. I think containing helps us to prepare for small awakenings. We, We often use the term cultivating our Buddha nature to describe our practice. Many Buddhist masters talk about the need to make a great effort in developing our concentration and dissolving our doubts in order to attain enlightenment. Soda-san said to immerse ourselves in the danjan and cultivate our spirit. When I think of the relationship of the container and the contained, I think that meditation is both a conscious and unconscious process. We need to make a conscious effort to sit and meditate regularly and to be mindful of our intentions, speech, and actions. This is what could be called part of the process of cultivating our original nature. I think it is also possible to think that while we are sitting and concentrating on our breath, our Buddha nature is cultivating us. That that in a process that we cannot see or be aware of, our spiritual unconscious is transforming our mind to be calm and clear, like the water in the bucket. Thank you.